0: and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8:30 or 11 o'clock am at our Todds Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. you believe it if I said I was a very good child Uh, I I was loud and I was wild but I was a good kid Uh, I I naturally wanted to please people um, which I think might have been like my chief character flaw as a child uh, as I would do anything anybody said to uh, make them happy Uh, but I was also quick to react to people too so my sister was six years older than me And she would always like poke and prod and like sneak behind my parents' back and do things. And then when I like wanted to punch her or like level her, then I got in trouble. Uh, If you don't believe me, there is VHS footage from the, the camcorder in the mountains of North Carolina of her behind my parents sticking her tongue out at me like over and over again. And I'm asking them to stop and they think I'm just being wild. And then finally I go after her. I'm ready to take her down. And my parents got mad at me. They saw the video years later and understood that it was her fault and that I was a great kid who would react to people and do things to make them happy, Uh, which was fine as a little kid, but the summer after third grade and as I headed into fourth grade, that became a problematic character trait for me because the slightly older boys around the neighborhood figured out that they could uh, uh, get me to do things that uh, would benefit them. Hey, Chad, why don't you steal your mother's cigarettes uh, and your father's beer? Uh, See, we had built this incredible fort in the woods. It had walls and a ceiling. It had a little hallway coming into it. We had a fire pit out front and chairs out there. We all had our Swiss Army knives uh, living the good life in the woods. We had built paths back there that had false detours and ways in. Uh, You couldn't find your way back there if you had to. This was the good life back in the fort. And they figured, well, uh, some cigarettes and some beer would make it even more fun. And Chad's parents have all those things, and he'll do whatever we want. Um, and so they they got me to do that. And so we're back in the woods smoking and drinking, which are both disgusting at four, fourth grade. I don't know what we thought, but that's that's a whole different discussion. Um, and we think we're slick. We think we are covering our tracks. Uh, nobody is onto to anything. Uh, we're just... Good, wholesome boys hanging out in the woods. Um, I asked my parents one day if I could spend the night in the woods. Now, I'm still scared of the dark. Uh, So my father thought something might be up. uh, That, uh, why would Chad want to spend the night in the woods? And my mother, sweet naive mother, just thought, well, they're having fun. Uh, So dad wanted to see this fort that he'd never been to. So we clean up. We had all the evidence of any improprieties. Uh, we'd bring him down the false trails, get him back there to show him this fort. Now, that is legally blind. Uh, There's no way he's going to ever find this thing again. I mean, if he was from here to Dennis, he couldn't tell who Dennis is. So there's no way he's going to get back there. He checks it out. Things are good. Uh, Still can't sleep out there. This just doesn't seem right. Those boys are a little older. You're scared of the dark. Uh, There are creatures out there. I mean, there's a couple bears in eastern North Carolina. Uh, But... Okay. A couple days later, we're all hanging out in the woods. We got our cigarettes lit and our beers popped, and then all of a sudden, this creature comes barreling through our uh, path to the fort. That creature was my father and mother. Dad had used all of his military training and instincts. This is the man who knows that 75 years ago there was a gas station on that corner, even though it's no longer there. Uh, He comes barreling down this trail. Mom's following behind him with her uh, uh, perm and her frosted hair, wearing dad's, like, snake boots, and we are busted. Um, I knew something was up. Mom's laying into us. She's dragging all the boys back to the house. She calls all their mamas. Uh, Jason wasn't there day, that day. He was the oldest of the boys, so we blame all of it on Jason. It's Jason's fault. He was the one who's doing all this. Jason's fault. Uh, some of the other parents bought that and thought it was all Jason. My parents saw through that uh, very clearly. They uh, knew something was up from the beginning. More should I say, my dad knew something was up. Mom thought we were just little uh, good little boys having a grand time in the woods. Uh, Dad had seen through all of the compliant behavior outside. He'd seen through all the uh, clean fort when he came back there. He knew we were up to no good. It didn't matter how well I listened at home or how well uh, or how politely I asked to go back to this fort. He knew we weren't doing right. Think... That's kind of what's going on with Isaiah 10, or Isaiah 1. Uh, it's a pretty shocking passage to be this early in Isaiah's book. We haven't actually met Isaiah yet. Uh, we haven't had his, uh, his calling narrative. We haven't had his lips touched with a coal. Uh, and we get this text. Hear the Lord's word. Listen to our God's teaching people of Gomorrah. That is just like a pleasant salutation if you've ever heard one. Uh, basically, hey, you scum of the earth, you violent people, you who would attack somebody, you horrible, godless people. Hey, God, that's a great way to start. Um What should I think about all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm fed up with entirely burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I don't want the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from you, this trampling of my temple's courts? Stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense repulses me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of an assembly. I can't stand wickedness with celebration. I hate your new moons and your festivals. They've become a burden that I'm tired of bearing." Yahweh spends like the whole first five books of the Bible giving us rules that include a lot of this stuff, right? Sacrifice some bulls, give a goat for this thing, bring a burnt offering for this and a fellowship offering for that and a thanksgiving offering for this. And now he is fed up with their offerings. Their festivals have become a burden for for him to bear. He's sick of bearing it. they were doing the right things for the temple cult. They were doing the things that would say, we're good Jews, right? We're following these rules, we're checking these boxes, and Yahweh says, I detest this because your hands are stained with blood. You've done all the right things, You've offered these sacrifices, but your hands are stained with blood. This comes at a time in Israel's history where um, we've kind of come out of the story of David and Solomon, a time when the nation begins to fracture and we have uh, kings in the north and kings in the south. We have uh, the beginning of a clear picture that Israel is going to end in exile because it's wicked king after wicked king, people doing what's right in their own sight, Doing some temple worship, but trampling upon the rest of humanity. They're doing the right things, but your hands are stained with blood. He gives them a real simple thing wash and be clean. Doesn't give any instructions for how to do that, but we'll come back to that. Uh, Remove your ugly deeds from my sight, put an end to such evil, learn to do good. And then he particularizes this command to learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Hear the word of the Lord, you people of Gomorrah. You do all these things I told you to do, but your hands are covered in blood. Learn to do good, seek justice. Help the poor and the oppressed. If you do these things, you'll eat the best of the land. If you don't, you'll be devoured by the sword. I was doing all the right things in my family's normal life, but God, my God, my father saw through uh, these actions and saw what was really going on. Uh, Yahweh sees these people doing all the right things and sees through to what's really going on. I've thought a lot about a smoke screen lately and uh, how it's used in battle to hide people uh, and what's going on, but I've also thought about a smoke screen in the temple of Yahweh. I've been picturing all this smoke coming up from the, from the fire of the altar, all this uh, sizzling from the fat there, all this blood being poured out as if that's going to distract Yahweh from the true heart of the people. And he says, Hear the word of the Lord, you people of Gomorrah. I detest these things because your hands are stained with blood. Wash and be clean. Do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Care for the poor. If you listen, you'll eat the best of the land. If you rebel, you'll die by the sword. Uh, This seems to be a common thing throughout scripture of people doing the right religious things for the wrong reasons. Uh, In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, we have this whole section on uh, what piety should look like. Uh, You've got the best Jews out there praying in public so everybody can see their rambunctious prayers and think they're good Jews you have people fasting and weeping and looking poor and ashen because they're so hungry you have people doing their giving out in public so you can see look how, look how faithful I am giving to the poor and God detests it even then make your piety private it, it doesn't matter what you're doing on the outside what matters is uh, the state of your heart Uh, We talked about in Bible study this week, 1 John chapter 3, Uh, love your neighbor, not in word or thought, but in deed and action. Uh, Throughout Scripture, time after time, Yahweh is seeking people whose heart is inwardly oriented towards God, knowing that then their actions will follow suit, that uh, you can uh, be disciplined enough for a moment, but it's actually uh, not done for the right reason, that Uh, You can't actually uh, follow God unless your heart is oriented to him. And so he gives a real simple instruction, wash and be clean. I can sit down, right? Y'all know what to go do with that one. Um, Wash and be clean. I've been pretty wrecked by Psalm 51 as maybe an invitation to understanding that. Have mercy on me, God, according to your faithful love. Wipe away my wrongdoings according to your great compassion. Wash me completely clean of my guilt. Purify me from my sin because I know my wrongdoings. My sin is always right in front of me. I've sinned against you, you alone. I've committed evil in your sight. That's why you were justified when you render your verdict, completely correct when you issue your judgment. Yes, I was born in guilt and sin from the moment my mother conceived me. And yes, you want truth in the most hidden places. You teach me wisdom in the most secret space. Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me the hear joy and celebration again. Let the bones you crushed rejoice once more. Hide your face from my sins. Wipe away all my guilty deeds. Create a clean heart for me, God. Put a new faithful spirit deep inside me. Please don't throw me out of your presence. Please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Return the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach wrongdoers your ways and sinners will come back to you. Deliver me from violence, God, God of my salvation, so that my tongue can sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will proclaim your praises. You don't want sacrifices. If I gave an entirely burned offering, you wouldn't be pleased. A broken spirit is my sacrifice, God. You won't despise a heart God that is broken and crushed. Do good things for Zion by your favor. Rebuild Jerusalem's walls. Then you will again want sacrifices of righteousness, entirely burnt offerings and complete offerings. Then bulls again will be sacrificed on your altar. Wash and be clean. Sure seems like it's inviting us to do a lot of work. Ezekiel uh, Talks about a new heart and a new spirit and starts out with a command from Yahweh for us to uh, take a new heart and a new spirit. But like five chapters later, Yahweh's like, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. I got this. I think the psalmist seems to understand that uh, we can't actually wash and be clean on our own. We can't uh, make our hearts right. But what we can do is have a spirit that says, Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. So that I long after you and then do these things that you desire as an outpouring of it. Uh, We can be the most justice-oriented church in the world, but if our hearts aren't oriented to God, we're going to fail. I see them all over the country. Churches that uh, are are really uh, just social action agencies. And they're basically dead organizations. And I've seen the other end. I've seen churches with incredible worship, with people showing up to have the best music and the best uh, uh, sights and sounds, but it's a dead house with nothing going on. But churches where people have said, Here I am, Lord, take control of my heart, give me a new heart and a new spirit. Those are churches whose worship is authentic, where we come and glorify God time after time, and then we leave and can't help but to do good, to learn justice, to care for the oppressed, to care for the orphan. I think this church is full of people who've invited God to take control of their heart. But what I encourage you is it's not a one-time thing. What I've come to realize is that it's a daily invitation, uh, uh, the Ignatian spirituality says we should uh, pray the, spirit, the prayer of examine every day to, to look at how our day has been and how our heart has been oriented so that we can give God control back of our lives. Uh, some days I'm really good at saying, you're in control, God, have my heart, do your way. And then like, I'm, I'm this like great worship outpouring of that. And like, I just, I just can't help but do good things, right? But some days I'm like all right, Brian, worship has got to be on point. We've got to have these things straight. We need to make sure this box is checked. Some days I get just uh, uh, self-driven and think we need this justice thing happening and we need to go do this, and it never seems to take off. I thought we had an opportunity for a great partnership with the Lexington Rescue Mission to do some things downtown, and I think it was all me trying to drive something. Once we kind of backed up and said, God, how would you do this? Uh, We actually found a a much different partnership with him that's working incredibly well. Uh, But it took me having to get out of the way and say, have your way, God. Um, So my prayer is that we would be a people who embody Psalm 51, who day after day say, God, create in me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. And we know it's possible because we have the whole rest of the story. We aren't stuck back in Isaiah 10. We've seen Jesus come, take on flesh, live, suffer, die, and then give us his spirit as a daily assurance that God is with us. That literally God is reforming our heart every day that we allow God to do so. I'm actually really thankful that my father caught us in the woods. And that he then put me on lockdown for six months. And then when I got out and got in trouble again, he basically locked me down through high school. Because every time uh, he wasn't in control, I was getting in more trouble. And of those friends, literally all of them are either dead or in jail. Uh, Their parents didn't uh, stay behind them. And uh, I have beloved friends who uh, are dead friends who were in jail now at the time did I want dad to let me uh, go buck wild in the woods and have a beer and cigarette and go out and have fun yeah but he knew better and when uh, he took control of my life uh, things worked out remarkably better the God of the universe was able to step outside of time and space and see the whole picture and see what it looks like. Take control of our hearts. I invite you to embody the heart of the psalmist. Creating me a new heart. Give me a right spirit. Would you pray with me? Loving God, uh, we confess that often uh, we uh, seek to do the things we seek to do out of our own motivations. Uh, Sometimes we come to worship uh, out of obligation, and sometimes we do good uh, because we think we're supposed to. For those times, uh, forgive us. Lord, take control of our hearts. Give us a new heart and a new spirit day after day that our worship will be born out of a deep love for you that we would know what it means to do good to seek justice to care for the oppressed and the poor Lord have your way in our hearts wash us clean in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit we pray Amen